Chapter 49 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Durasek. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 49. Lucinda doffs the deacon's clothes and threatens to shoot the conspirators. When Miss Lucinda Armington was fired at by Deacon Rob Stew, when they returned her to her cell, he missed her. On account of his wounded arm, he could not guide the revolver. Therefore, the bullet barely escaped the hip of the physician-in-chief, who was frightened out of a year's strength, and who exclaimed, "'I am confounded and confused at the state of things. What is the matter between you two? Will either of you explain?' Neither felt disposed to do so. The deacon felt ashamed and a little conscience-stricken although one might suppose that his conscience was so perfectly seared that nothing could touch it. And Miss Armington was too dignified and insulted to gratify them by explaining what the reader already knows. At last the old lover of this heroic damsel said, If you wish to know how all this came, I will tell you. After you restore to me my wearing apparel. What, have you given your clothes to her for the purpose of allowing her to escape in this disguise? asked the physician-in-chief. No, indeed, I did not give them to her. Yes, you did, coward, interrupted she. Well, yes, I did give them to her, but not voluntarily stammered the deacon. "'I see now how it was,' said one of the managers. "'Will you please darken this cell, and then compel her to give me my clothes? And after I am dressed, and ready to leave, I will tell you all about it,' responded the deacon. The cell was now darkened, and Miss Armington was requested to dismantle and convey her disguise to the owner of it. She said, Oh, gentlemen, do not fret yourselves about it. Here are his trappings. And now I ask him to make a hasty retreat from my presence, or I'll make the old villain sweat before he gets away. In a moment these militant lovers had their wardrobes arranged to a degree of chastity in the dark cell when the deacon said, I am ready, give us light. But, O oh Lord, how my arm aches. Your arm, responded the physician-in-chief, what causes it to ache? Why, this she-devil of a woman shot me through it, said he. How did she get the pistol? asked one of the managers. Well, Brothers, I am now ready to tell you all about it. 
I have been in the habit of visiting her, and she treated me so savagely that I feared she would do me personal violence sometime. The men laughed at this, which displeased him. You may laugh, but I would as lief be housed up with a mad bull as with an infuriated she-devil like her. He gave her a fiendish look at this moment, which was responded with a glare from her eyes that he knew meant mischief. Brothers, let us leave this cell. I will tell you all about this matter elsewhere, timidly said the deacon. I would rather you would tell us all in the presence of Miss Armington, as we should like to hear what she has to say to it, ejaculated the physician-in-chief. Will you then keep her safely away from me, for my arm is painful, and she may make an assault upon me when I tell you all, said he. The men laughed again, and Miss Armington could scarcely keep from doing the same. But she wanted to frighten the old deacon, and cure him from venturing in the future into her cell. Go on, Brother Stew. We will warrant that she shall not touch you, replied the physician-in-chief. I have been to visit this woman occasionally on errands of real clarity. In fact, I loved the girl, and would have taken her from this place and made her my own wife. Therefore, you may know that I intended no harm, said the deacon. But she abused me awfully, and the last visit preceding this one, she actually threatened my life. Cowardly cutthroat, tell the whole of it, interrupted Miss Armington. Who has a right to speak? continued the deacon savagely. Well, brothers, I made up my mind that hereafter, when I would visit this modest virgin, I would carry weapons of defense. Therefore, I brought that revolver with me today. How came she to possess it? interrupted one of the men. She took it from me as I was about to defend myself against a furious assault upon me. I should have shot her, undoubtedly, had she not knocked it from my hand. In less than the sparkle of an eye, and as quickly picked it up, and presented the muzzle of it to my breast, and vowed she would shoot me dead if I hesitated to obey her orders. I saw that she meant what she said, but still I thought she would not shoot so freely as she once used her fists upon me. But I misplaced confidence in her, which is proved by her firing a bullet through my right arm, on the least prevarication on my part to comply with her august orders. She vowed, after sending that bullet through my arm, that the next time I hesitated, when she asked me to do a thing, she would shoot me through the heart. Now, I am not a coward, but discretion. Ha, 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 laughed Miss Armington, whilst she interrupted him, and gave him a terribly defiant look. Yes, laugh, you miserable she-devil, 
but the next time I have business with you, I will fix you so you cannot do any harm to me or anyone else. Mind that, said he. I was going to say that, under certain circumstances, discretion was the better part of valor. Therefore, I obeyed the fiend and ingrate, and trusted to providence, and you see, he has favored me. Here he gave her a look that meant victory, as he always does the elect. You will see whom he favors, if you live a little longer, interrupted Miss Armington, considerably embittered and chop-fallen. Never mind, my lady, I will be even with you yet, ejaculated the deacon, and continued. But this she-devil was not satisfied with shooting through this arm, but ordered me immodestly to take off my coat, pants, vest, and hat, and give them to her ladyship. I even hesitated a moment, when she raised the pistol to my breast, and, undoubtedly, would have fired had I not quickly obeyed. Then she ordered me to tear a sheet to fragments and tie my own feet together, and make a loop and place my hands into it, when she had me secured as you have found me. Miss Armington kept her eye upon the pistol. After the physician-in-chief took it from the deacon, and with a bound she grasped it, and jumped into the corner of her cell, and said, pointing the pistol toward the deacon's head, "'Now leave speedily, all of you, or I will rid this world of a lot of the vilest cutthroats that ever breathed the breath of life.'" End of chapter 49 Recording by Mag Turasek.